0: Thank you for joining us for another podcast from the Commonwealth Club. Greetings and welcome to today's meeting of the Commonwealth Club of California. I'm Robert Kilpatrick, co-chair of the club's Health and Medicine member-led forum and chair of this program. Lee Holden is an instructor in Qigong, Meditation, and Tai Chi. In collaboration with Grand Master Montauk Chia, a Qigong expert, he has worked to bring the ancient Taoist teachings to Western culture. His work has popularized Qigong through books, classes, workshops, video courses, online programs, and American public television programs. And Lee has taught over 10,000 students and now reaches a large audience through his online platform. And in fact, he taught me. Thank you, Lee. Lee conducts training and certification programs in traditional and medical Qigong and continues to study with Qigong masters in Thailand, Indonesia, Moscow, Japan, and China. Today, Lee will show us how to have more energy and less stress in our lives. Lee.
1: Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Robbie. Appreciate it. How's everybody? Good. That was a nice intro. (laughs) Sometimes you get to learn about yourself through the introductions that people give you. I was like, oh, that's right. I was there. Um, Yeah, it's been quite a journey bringing uh, Qigong, which is ancient medicine. It's part of Chinese medicine. And in Chinese medicine, there's five branches. So when we're talking about wellness... Wellness is a science that has been around a long time, mainly in the Eastern traditions, China and India. So healthcare was very, very different back then as it is now. So the way medicine worked in certain communities in, uh, in Asia, and in China especially, was that you would pay your healthcare practitioner to keep you healthy. And as soon as you got sick, you stopped paying. <laughs> Oh my God! Hello! What a great idea! Now, what is everybody motivated to do? Keep you healthy. So it's true healthcare. It's true wellness practice, rather than what we have now, which is sick care. Right, we wait until we get sick before we go see a doctor. Uh, we wait until we get sick until we start taking care of our health often is the case. I mean, we are, if we're self-motivated, we will take care of our health. We'll exercise, we'll eat healthy, we'll take care of our ourselves, we'll prevent problems. But for the most part, our medical system, insurance, hospitals, doctors, we wait till we're sick, and then we go tend to our sickness. Now, in Chinese medicine, they say this is like waiting till you're dying of thirst before you start thinking about digging a well. It's much easier to dig the well first, and then prevent the problems from arising. So, what I want to teach you today is true healthcare, how to keep our energy up, how to keep our bodies healthy, not only healthy, but vibrant. So we're thriving instead of just getting by. So we might not be sick, but we, not, we might not be thriving. So how do we energize ourselves so that we're thriving in life, that we're enjoying life, that we feel connected to life and each other? And this all comes with the concept of energy, which in Chinese medicine was called qi, as Robbie said, Qi Gong. Now, the hardest part about this practice is how to say it. So, you've just got a lesson on how to say it. It's spelled Q I G O N G. And I was teaching um, uh, a workshop, it was at Eslin, and this student of mine, he brought his parents, and they are MDs from Tennessee. And I think it was day two, we were out in the grass looking over the ocean, whales are spouting, mm-hmm. butterflies flying by doing qigong, everybody's nice and relaxed. And the mom, all of a sudden, she said, now hold up, hold up. You keep saying she's gone. Where's she gone to? (laughs) Instead of qigong, she's gone. She, She kept hearing it through the Southern drawl. So qigong is energy work. So qi, energy, gong means to work with. So we're working with energy. Now, what is energy? Energy is everything right? Energy is everything. It's your health, it's your emotions, it's your mind, it's, it's nature, it's the universe. And so if we look at energy from two different perspectives, a Western perspective, the physicist is going to say, well, energy shows up in four different ways. We have gravity, we have electromagnetism, we have strong force and weak force. And this is examples of energy. And I just interviewed a neuroscientist, Dan Siegel, and he said, Lee, actually... There is no energy. It's only, we only see in the universe examples of energy. We don't even know what energy is. We don't know what gravity is. We see it as an example. So it's a concept that is beyond our language and even beyond our minds. And so in Chinese medicine, we recognize, and in fact, almost all indige- indigenous cultures have a word for energy. Think of energy as your aliveness. What keeps you alive? So they gave this word qi because aliveness is mysterious. We still don't know how the heartbeat started, why it started, how it continues to beat, right? So if we look at it in terms of energy and how energy should work, energy should transform. Like if you took a match and you lit it, the match transforms into heat and then it burns out. You can't light that same match again. Well, your heartbeat is mysterious because it's like a match that learned how to light itself And then when it burns down, it grows back and lights itself again. So we're just like, how does this work? That's why we call it a mysterious energy. Your heartbeat is mysterious. Your mind and your consciousness is mysterious. In fact, if we look at any one aspect of your body, it becomes, again, mysterious. So we know a lot in Western medicine, in Western science, but at some point, we run into the unknown. We run into the mysterious, both within ourselves and in the universe all around us. Right? We look into space, we can see space and light coming from far, far away, but at some point we run into the mysterious. What happened before the Big Bang? What's, the fir- what's on the other side of the edge of the universe? All of a sudden it blows our minds. So Qi was this uh, concept that, that allowed for spaciousness, for this mysterious to be part of ourselves and to then be utilized and experienced. Meaning that we can experience qi, but we might not be able to explain it fully. And the experience of life is what's really important. The experience of health and vitality, the experience of wellness, the experience of connection and our humanity. And, and to be in what in Qigong they say, be in awe of the universe and of yourself. When we start feeling our own mysterious energy, we start to recognize that we're quite miraculous because scientifically it took the universe about 14 billion years to make you. 14 billion years, right? Big bang, all the atoms and molecules moving around, planets forming, stars, And then all of a sudden, here you are. And the universe is like, my miracle. And you look in the mirror, but I don't like my hair. <laughs> I'm too overweight. I'm this. So we, we need to start to feel our connection to this mysterious energy so that we feel more alive, more connected to a greater energy than, than uh, just within ourselves or than culture tells us about. Now, what I want to show you today, I want to give you an experience and allow you to feel this powerful energy that we have within us. Um, We've all felt that way. We've all felt moments where we felt elevated, connected in love, watching a sunset, being with somebody special, those moments of elevated energy. And really what that does to your health is something great because as you develop and cultivate more elevation, your body starts to organize itself in healthy, vibrant ways. And so we want to do that more and more often. So when you do your Qigong practice, you'll see the energy starts to become activated and elevated. And then we start to feel deeper and deeper levels of connection. So Qigong practice is more than just a fitness practice. It's about health, but it's also about happiness. How do we become, how do we increase the energy of our mood to feel deeper levels of joy, uh, peace, happiness, happiness, it's about emotional balance, and it's also about mental well-being, because we know mind and emotions are the key factor to physical health. And the, all the studies of, of uh, stress, and there's been a lot of studies lately, it's blowing the, the researcher's mind because stress is so impactful on our health and vitality. It's probably the key factor. They've, they're saying 90% of primary care doctor visits is stress-related. So we have emotional stress. This creates a physical tension in the body or a physical problem in the body and this is really interesting in western medicine. how does emotions create physical problems how does it create a headache how does it create digestive issues cardiovascular issues well they're finding it's it's huge that's why there's more heart attacks on monday morning at 9 a.m than any other time of the week and after let's say right before chinese new year a lot less heart attacks and right after a lot more so we're kind of like oh i'll I get a, it's Chinese new year or it's Christmas. We can postpone things like that because our mind has so much impact on our body. And we know this from placebo mind over matter is really true. So when you can put yourself in a mental state of relaxation and emotional state of inner balance, you are taking charge of your health and vitality. This is preventative medicine. So what we want to be able to do is two things. We'll make this practice very simple. We want to lower stress and we wanna increase energy. Lower stress, increase energy. So how do we do that? We have to desensitize our stress and our stress triggers, and we have to find replenishing strategies to charge up our inner batteries. So you can think about what is it that stresses me out? Is it sitting in traffic? Is it work? Is it our family? Is it this person? Is it that person? And then we need to manage that stress because what is stress? Your fight or flight response, right? Your nervous system is saying that you you 're in a, a life threatening situation now most of the time your mother in law or your father in law or your boss is not life threatening so stress is an overreaction traffic too is an overreaction so when we 're going into stress response if you 're not fighting or fleeing, all this energy is getting activated, and then it doesn 't have anywhere to go so that continuous Triggering into stress response can be detrimental to our overall health and vitality. Probably the number one thing that is creating sickness and dis-ease, out-of-balance state of health. So if we can manage our stress, we can then help to clear triggers and increase our health, longevity, and vitality. Energy is an interesting concept because how do we have access to energy? Anybody have children? Do they have a lot of energy, When they, especially when they're like six, three, five? They have way more energy than we do. 59. They're 51 now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So they probably have children themselves, right? No. Okay. She's, got a lot of she's still got a lot of energy. That's good. Amazing. I have twin 11-year-olds wow. and an eight-year-old, so I have three girls, and one night I'm putting them to bed and... one of my twins is sitting up, lying down, sitting up, lying down, sitting up, lying down, like fast. And I'm like, sweetheart, it's bedtime. You got to settle down. She's like, I know dad, but I have so much energy. I'm trying to get rid of it so I can sleep. (laughs) That's a good strategy. Yeah. So kids have a lot of energy and there's two kinds of energy that I want you to think about because we think of energy as that cup of coffee. I'm going, I can get a lot of stuff done. There's another kind of energy. It's the energy of relaxation. It's the energy that when you lie down to go to sleep, you can turn it off and sleep really well. It's the energy when you're out in nature, you can be present. This is called yin energy. I can be and in this moment without having to think too much about what's going to happen later. I can relax. I can shut off my mind. I can relax my body. This is yin energy. And this, I think this kind of energy is very, very healing. And I think it isn't cultivated in our Western culture. We don't know. We're always on the go. We're very busy. If you ask people how they're doing, a lot of time the answer is busy, right? Oh, we're really busy. I got this to do. I got that to do. And I'm like, you mean your smartphone doesn't just take care of everything for you, right? Because we think that these devices and technology is going to take care of so many things that we will no longer have stress, but they've added additional stress to us. In fact, they've added ways in which it scatters our qi externally. And that's why we see teenagers who are on their devices a lot. They go and they have a lot of issues with depression and anxiety. Because we're not cultivating yin energy, this ability to just be with ourselves. So we become human doings as opposed to human beings. Right? We're always doing. I'm defined by what it is I'm doing rather than who I am from the inside out. And so this practice can help us to really drop into who we are and to relax within ourselves so that we can enjoy more moments, more elevated moments. So why don't we do a little experiential practice? I'm going to have you guys stand up. You can do it in a chair, no problem. So if you feel like sitting, that's okay. Uh, But we will do a practice so we can feel our chi. How many people have experienced their chi before? Yeah, you feel. What's it feel like? <laughs> Tingly. Tingly, right? This is uh, a common sensation of chi is tingling. Now, what is this tingling energy? So some people say it's blood flow, but your blood is always flowing and you're not always tingling. Some people say it's nerve current. So your nerves are always, you know, firing, but we're not always having this tingle. So we say chi. When qi moves, blood follows. So it, qi is before everything else. If you think of qi as, uh, as the house, let's say, wh- where would qi be in the house? It's the wires. So we have all these appliances and lights, but without the wires in the walls, nothing works. So if the wires get frayed, power lines go down, the appliances stop working. So in Chinese medicine, they want to wire up the body fully so that everything's in communication. When power goes down, then we're going to see a health problem. So in Chinese medicine, qi is primary, and physical manifestations are secondary. So first, energy gets stagnant, blocked, deficient, and then we manifest a physical problem. And so that's going to be a difference in how we view or view the body and the mind in a particular system. So it's a really different paradigm. So when somebody says, oh, I have high blood pressure, in Chinese medicine, we're going to say, what's the qi doing? Oh, the chi is rising, then the blood pressure follows. If we can calm the chi down, then the blood pressure follows. So it looks at the root cause of an illness rather than the symptoms itself. So we're going to look at root cause. Usually, again, root cause is some form of stress. If we can desensitize or clear the stress internally, we're going to feel a whole lot better. So let's try it. Let's start off. Let's feel our chi first. I'm going to show you an exercise. Um, that you'll be able to feel your energy right away. So you're going to take your fingernails and this first knuckle of your hand like this, and just rub back and forth. And we will activate we will activate the ends of our meridians. This is like a, a qigong manicure. Rub back and forth vigorously, vigorously. The ends of the meridians go right to the fingernails, fingertips. Go back and forth, take a deep breath. Exhale out through the mouth. Do that one more time. Rub vigorously back and forth. Meridian means energy pathway and you're activating. And to activate meridians, you you do certain things that um, that stimulate the points. Now, if you bring your hands down to your sides, You feel a little buzzing and tingling in your hands? So this would be called the sensation of chi, the experience of chi. Now, when we experience something, we can then work with it. So if people haven't experienced chi, it's a little bit like explaining a trip that you went on. You explain the trip you went on to Hawaii to somebody. They don't feel like they've been on vacation. You actually need to do it. So if we explain Qigong to people and the benefits, it still doesn't feel like you've been on vacation. It doesn't feel like the benefits of the energy moving aren't uh, imparted just because we're talking about it. So we actually have to do it. The good news about Qigong, it really works. The bad news is you have to do it. And we're in a culture of, I want you to do it for me. Right? I just want to take a pill and have this problem be gone. Well, we need to have some agency and take charge of our health. So this is ways in which we can do it. So now one of the main things in Qigong we're going to look at, where does energy get blocked? Usually through the spine, because we sit too long. So if, it's, if you're not moving your body, we tend to get stagnant qi. So you are part of nature, and just like nature, if water isn't circulating, it gets stagnant. If we're not moving, your qi gets stagnant. So let's do something called knocking on the door of life. It's a spinal enlivening exercise. Now you're going to just bend your knees a little bit and then you're gonna turn from your hips and waist and relax your neck and shoulders so that your arms knock across your lower back and your arms knock across your lower abdomen. And now you're also stimulating some pressure points, but you are moving your spine. Good. So if you've been sitting for a long time, This one helps to re-energize you. If you feel like a dip in energy during the day, just stand up, do two minutes of knocking on the door of life. It recharges you. Think of this as your Qigong double latte. (laughs) Sometimes you need one of those in the middle of the afternoon, right? What's right back there? Your kidneys and adrenal glands. So when you're knocking here across your low back, you're stimulating the adrenal glands in a very natural way. So... You'll get an energy boost, but you won't get a caffeine crash. Take a nice deep breath. And then just let your body slowly unwind. Very good. And then again, notice how you feel. You might start to feel this energy starting to wake up through your body. Energy is something we're all seeking some particular kind of energy. We just go about it in a very roundabout way. We want the external thing to give us a certain internal feeling. So if I have more money, a better house, a better job, I'm going to get some energy from that. I'm going to get excitement. I'm going to get security. I'm going to get happiness. Well, happiness, security, excitement all come from the inside out. So we have access to that. It's like having your hand on the dial of the radio to be able to tune in to that emotional frequency that we want to feel. So we've been sort of taught a way of going about getting emotional stability or happiness or joyfulness in one particular way when really the way to access that is from the inside out. All right, we'll continue with our spinal exercise. This one is called spinal cord breathing. It's going to help your spinal cord fluid. It's going to also help to keep your spine enlivened. So you're going to have your hands here like this. And you inhale as you look up. And then you're gonna exhale and round your back, your chin goes down towards your chest, tailbone tucks under, and inhale, look up. Now you're moving all the joints in the spine, forward and back, or into flexion and extension. Inhale, look up, open your chest. And then when you exhale, your elbows almost touch, your chin goes down, your tailbone comes under. Inhale, exhale, round your back, tuck your tailbone under. And this is a nice exercise to do while you're seated at your desk, not while you're driving your car, We should add. We wanna keep the back moving. And you might notice what all, another amazing thing that you're doing is breathing deep. When you open your chest, you have more space to breathe deeper. Inhale fully. And then when you round, you're going to exhale all the way out. And inhale. Let the breath pour into you. And then when you exhale, old energy releases. Relax. Good. How are you feeling? feels good, even those two exercises, spinal cord breathing and knocking on the door of life. If you just do those once or twice a day in the middle of the day, you replenish your energy. And we're talking about stress. Stress is a response in your nervous system, it's physiological. So when you breathe slow and deep and move your spine, you're going to start to desensitize stress through the body, meaning that you'll switch from sympathetic stress mode to parasympathetic relaxation mode, which means that you're having a little mini vacation during your day, right? That's why we go on vacation. I'm going to go to Maui. I'm going to sit in the sun. Can you tell I want to go to Hawaii? We're going to Maui, sit in the sun, palm trees, weather's really nice. And they ah, go into parasympathetic response. Now I can relax, but we need that every day. We need to clear the stress of go, go, go. We need to drop into the moment feel relaxed within ourselves. And then in parasympathetic, what happens? Your body self-regulates. You, your body has amazing healing power, but only when you're in parasympathetic. Because sympathetic, you're in danger. You're in fight or flight. So your body's not gonna self-regulate and take energy to balance internally when we feel like we're gonna be eaten by a grizzly bear. Does that make sense? So we're in survival mode. We're gonna be on alert, So primary in your nervous system is safety. Secondary is inner health and happiness. So if we can calm stress, we can then cultivate deeper levels of vitality and we can cultivate happiness. When we're constantly in stress, it's hard to feel happiness or elevated emotions because we're too concerned with this survival mechanism. It's too triggered. So it's a very um, simple response that happens, but it's over-exaggerated because it is a primary uh, part of our nervous system. One way to clear stress, and it's very simple, is to change your breathing. So when we talk about qi, qi means your aliveness. What do you need to do to stay alive? We need food, and we need breath, we need water, we need nature, we need each other. So your quickest source of qi is going to be breath, your quickest source of chi, Because you can go, how long can you go without food? At least, at least a couple hours, huh? <laughs> at least. <laughs> at least. Well, so we can go days, weeks without food. How long can you go without breath? Maybe a minute, two minutes, three minutes. So it's very closely related to your qi. There's so many books about diet, but... Aliveness and health and vibrancy is very much related to your breathing. So let's learn how to breathe. Have you guys been breathing today? You've been breathing your whole life, huh? I can tell. So breath, let's learn how to breathe even better so that we have more energy and less stress. Because when you're stressed, how are you going to breathe? You're going to breathe faster and through your mouth. This way, which sends a message to your nervous system, fight or flight. So when you're relaxed, when you're on vacation, when we all go to Maui this afternoon, we're gonna breathe like this. Through the nose slowly and out through the nose slowly. So this is called wave breathing. You're gonna put one hand on your belly and one hand on your chest. And now breathe down here first. So when you inhale, your abdomen should expand. Then it goes to your ribs, then up to your chest. Then exhale, chest ribs back to your belly now that's a full deep breath try it again inhale belly that's from the bottom to the top then from the top exhale all the way out to the bottom now breathe inhale slowly a little bit more all the way up to the chest longer exhale slowly Now, what you're doing, you're stretching all the mechanics of your breathing muscles, ribs, diaphragm, and chest. Do it for 30 seconds to one minute, and you'll get that switch into relaxation. Do it one or two more times. Inhale all the way up to the chest. Exhale all the way out. And we usually don't breathe into our bellies. So accessing... The belly first is really important. There's nothing wrong with breathing into the chest as long as you're diaphragmatically breathing into your abdomen too. One more, see if you can do it a little longer. All right, good. Do you feel that calmness to settling into your nervous system? You have just done something very good for your health, vitality, energy, and mindset because your emotions are reflected in your breathing. Do You ever notice that? How does somebody breathe when they're sad? What do they do? They don't want to exhale. They they hold like this, and then they have to exhale, so they cry, right? (laughs) Crying is actually a breathing exercise that lets go of tension or trauma, and lets go of the past. So your exhale is related to your past. So When you can exhale fully, we can let go of the past, which is good because we often carry the past around as a very heavy energy. So we want to let that go so that we become liberated from our past, Not that we forget about it, we distill it. In a sense, the goal is to take our past energy, turn it into wisdom, not hold all our trauma. So exhaling fully can really help us to let go step by step and so that we can be more present in the moment. Your inhale is related to your future. So inspiration, to breathe in the spirit. So elevated spirit comes from inhaling. So when we have a positive outlook on the future, we will inhale deeper. Okay, so sadness is the, uh, in breath, it's the resistance to exhaling. What about anger? Anger is the resistance to inhaling. It's the opposite. Why? Because we don't want to take energy in because we're right. (laughs) We're right, they're wrong. So we're going to, right? Anybody have teenagers? They're constantly, because they know everything. They do. They know everything. So they're going to they're going to sigh and huff and so people that are angry with that long exhale actually it's helping to discharge whatever emotion. So your emotions and your breath are going to be interrelated, meaning they'll reflect each other. So the breath of joyfulness or relaxation is long and slow like we just did. Happiness to an extreme is what? What kind of breathing? Laughing. <laughs> right laughing is a breathing as too well you know it's a reflecting of our emotions so when you want to feel better emotionally when you want to take charge of your emotions change your breathing so if you're stressed out anxious feeling depressed if you switch your breath all of a sudden emotions start to follow because they're connected so skillful work of energy can come from breathing practice all right So breath, deep, slow breathing is gonna affect every system in your body. So wave breathing is really good. Now let's bring your arms around like this. This is called holding up the sky. It's a breathing exercise and it's a bit of a flowing movement. Your arms are round and you're gonna inhale that same breathing that we just did. Push your hands up towards the ceiling and then exhale. As you come down, exhale and inhale. Hands float up, palms up towards the sky. And then when you exhale, hands flow down, palms are face up in front of your abdomen. Very good. Now you notice that the breath goes belly, <laughs> ribs, chest, little pause. Exhale, chest, ribs, back to belly, little pause. A little pause at the bottom of the exhale. A little pause at the top of the inhale. And then just try to make your breath smooth. Let your breath flow. Now here's one of the secrets to Qigong practice. You slow your body down and you slow your mind down. So the mind starts to reflect the body. So it becomes a moving meditation. Meditation meaning that you are able to be mindful and more in the present moment. So it helps to get out of, out of our internal dialogue or it helps to get out of mental stress or worries. Now, bring more mindfulness into this movement by just f- feeling the breath coming in through the nose and out of the nose. Feel your feet on the ground. And notice the air moving through your fingers. Now your mind becomes present. Presence. Your energy and your breath are circulating. Inhale. Now, leave your left hand up. I'm going to do your mirror image. So leave your left hand up, your right hand down, and stretch to one side. Press the palms away from each other. And then take a deep breath and feel the ribs stretch. And then do the other side you Bend your knees, press left hand down, right hand comes up. Inhale into your ribs, exhale. And we get a good stretch for the ribs, the spine, sides of the body, exhale, relax. And then when you come down, let's put the hands back here and do one of the wave breaths again. See if there's a little bit more space to breathe into. Into your ribs, all the way to your chest, the breath becomes a little smoother. Try one more time. Slow, deep breath in. Really let yourself be filled up with breath. Inspiration. Exhale. A letting go of old energy. And relax. How does that feel? Feeling good? Good. So three exercises, a quick quick, uh, way to recap if you wanted a short routine at home. Knock on the door of life spinal cord breathing then do some wave breathing with holding up the sky and you have a nice little 10 to 15 minute routine that switches you from stress mode to relaxation mode and recharges the body's energy let's do some additional benefits Where do you feel like you carry stress in your body neck and shoulders Mm -hmm. how unusual i know you say we're from california (laughs) yes this is very common that's why yeah it's true Neck and shoulders, we carry a lot of our emotional stress right here. And it does relate to our breathing. So when you breathe in your chest and through your mouth, tension goes here. So when you breathe down here, this releases tension. So let's do an exercise that stretches these muscles here. This is called spreading your feathers. And later I'm going to teach you how to fly. Palms press out to the sides. Shoulders go down. Spread your fingers. Shoulders go down. Now, if you lean your head to one side, you're going to stretch these muscles. It's called clearing lines of tension. Clearing lines of tension. Spread your fingers. Now, slowly roll the head back. And then slowly roll the head forward. And the key to this one is do it slowly. Especially if you have any kind of neck pain or neck injury, do it really slowly. Don't push the stretch too hard. Just breathe into it. Now do one of those deep breaths while you're doing the movement. And feel tension, tightness melting out of your neck and shoulders. Bring your chin down and across to the other side. Your ear to the shoulder and roll the head. Slowly back and forth across the shoulder. So when you breathe and stretch together, you're sending a message to your body to release tension or tightness. Hands come down and feel your fingertips, they get tingly. So when you release pent up energy here, it flows and it brings circulation back into the body for health and vitality. The thing is, it's not that you have low energy. It's that we mismanage our energy and that we're carrying too much tension. So if you're holding tension in your neck and shoulders, it's like contracting your arm muscles for an hour, two hours, all day long. Pretty soon it's tiring. So if you can learn to relax your body then you're gonna reclaim your energy and your power. Now we all tighten up our bodies unnecessarily so. So we start thinking about something in the future, we start to tighten our bodies if it's stressful. We all wanna have a little more power than we actually do. We wanna have the power to move the traffic out of the way so we can get somewhere on time. We wanna have the power to control other people's thoughts and feelings. But we don't, so we end up just tightening our bodies as some form of control. And let me showcase this with a a story. So I was flying on an airplane. This woman next to me on takeoff, she was very nervous. Could tell because she was sipping on little bottles of vodka and gripping the seats. And she was... And then as we were going, taxiing down the runway, she grabbed her seatbelt and she pulled up really hard like she was lifting weights, like tightening her jaw, all her muscles like this. And I was like, thank you for helping the plane take off. I'm sure if she didn't pull up, the plane wouldn't have gotten off the ground. So... We do this, right? When you're a passenger in a car and the driver's going a little too fast, you brake for them. Grip the side, hold on tighter than you. You braking for them doesn't do anything. So we we constantly do this. We constantly, there's lots of airplanes in our own lives that we're trying to lift off the ground. But we don't quite do it. So it's mismanaged energy. We actually have a lot of energy if we learn how to manage it correctly. Great. Do you guys want to sit down? Go ahead and sit down. So Qigong is a practice that is um, about four or 5,000 years old. So it's that ancient healthcare system. How old is Western medicine? 200 years. 4,000 years, 200 years. So it's, yeah, it's, this is a new medicine. We're still learning. And we've developed a technology that's amazing, right? If you get in a car accident, break your arm, do something like that, you don't want to do Qigong. Go to the doctor. But to prevent stress and to do pre, uh, preventive medicine to cultivate vitality and vibrancy and energy emotional balance qigong is, has so many answers that western medicine hasn't looked into so we're going to look towards our ancient cultures people that live close to nature people that lived in close communities and that developed these practices to stay healthy for longer periods of time there's three thousand styles of qigong that's the most widely formed practice of exercise in the world, even today. So, 100 million practitioners of Qigong. Tai Chi is a form of Qigong as well. Tai Chi is a martial style of Qigong. So, Qi means energy, Tai Chi, this movement of energy, but more in a martial style. So, you have three styles of Qigong martial, right, for self defense, which is interesting because nobody beat anybody up doing Tai Chi. Nobody got hurt doing this. But if you're walking down a dark alley and somebody, you know, was threatening you and you dropped into Tai Chi form, they're going to think twice. They're going to be like, I don't know if I'm going to mess with that guy. Well, how is this a martial arts? Because they study that if you know how to relax and move slowly, you can do the opposite and move quickly. So the studies in Stanford, they took all the martial artists and they, they tested, they put crash test dummy equipment on them. They tested who could punch the fastest. And surprisingly, it was the Tai Chi master, even though, because he was so relaxed when he did decide to punch, came very fast. Relaxation is key to peak performance. Relaxation is key to peak performance, whether it's mental performance. So we know this in schools, if kids are stressed out, they perform way under what their ability is. So stress is going to limit your ability to be your best self. So it's another reason why we want to, get into relaxation. Athletes know this, right? So before an event, we watch the Olympics. What do the swimmers do? Runners do? They they breathe. They knock on their bodies. They're doing Qigong. They shake it out because they know that they're going to discharge stress so that they can be in peak performance because it's nerve wracking. You've been training four years. In the Olympics, there's probably a billion people watching you. Like a 10 second event. There's a lot of pressure, right? So they need to be in their peak state. When we study flow state, flow state is the characteristics of flow state. When we do these kind of exercises that we did to help us to get into flow state. From the West, when you study flow state, the characteristics are elevated energy. Your mind is in the present moment and you feel a oneness or connection to your activity. And they found that athletes drop into flow state, but extreme athletes drop in quicker. Extreme athletes are big wave surfers, rock climbers, mountain bikers, skateboarders. Do, think, Why is this uh, the case that they drop in quicker? Is because their sport, their lives are threatened. So it makes you pay attention. When you're a thousand feet in the air climbing El Capitan, you're not thinking, I wonder what I want to have for dinner. <laughs> you're like there, right? So that is a characteristic you don't have to go out and climb el capitan or surf a 50-foot wave you can drop into flow state by doing something a little bit different you can go the other way you can go into slow movements instead of extreme instead of extreme movements. so this is the safe way to drop into flow state uh is by slowing your body down and breathing deeper So we're gonna do one or two more exercises and then we'll open it up to questions. So if you want to, you can do it seated or you can stand back up. This is called opening the flow. Opening the flow. The flow. Yeah. (laughs) Open the flow. (laughs) (laughs) You're from Tennessee too? (laughs) Aspirational. Yeah. That's this is the way to get is the way to get grounded. So hands down like this, bend your knees. Now, the key to flow is relaxation, relaxation, because flow is a mirroring of the movement of water. So how does water move? It moves cohesively, all together. At the top of the mountain, towards the ocean, the river is moving continuously and all together. It's not stopping and starting, right? And at the top of the mountain, the river isn't stressed out. I hope we get to the ocean sometime. It's just relaxed in the flow, in the present moment. So that's how we want to drop in. We want to move the body like water. So when you inhale, try to relax your body. Arms float up like there's strings on your wrists. And you exhale, relax your body. And so relaxation is a doing less. Less tension, less thinking, less trying. And it's just a dropping in. The saying in Qigong, relaxation is who you are. Tension is who you think you should be. Good one, right? Inhale, arms float up. Exhale, arms float down. Now, as you're doing this, relax your neck and shoulders. Try to relax your shoulder blades. Notice that you can move your body without tensing up. And relax right around your spine. And now when you float the arms up, just rock a little towards your heels. And rock a little towards your toes as the hands come down. Now go a little bit slower. Close your eyes and feel the air move through your fingers, across your arms. Put some attention on the way your clothes are moving on your skin. So this is the mind dropping into the present moment. Slowing down, mind present, breath relaxed, and then the energy circulates. Feel as if the energy is moving you. You don't have to use any efforts to move the arms up and down. Your body is like the boat carried on the river, floating on the current. Bring your hands down, and let's feel. Because close your eyes and feel. Take a little inventory. See if you feel light, tingling, a little buzzing mind in the moment. Very good. All right, now I can sit down. So you just did something very healing for your own mind-body system. So we activated chi, we stretched out lines of tension, and then we dropped into flow state. And this is the recipe for preventative health, to keep energy circulating. Right? This is a principle in nature. Circulation is important because nature is always moving. Right? We're always moving. We're on a planet that's moving. So we're spinning 600 miles an hour around the axis and a thousand miles an hour around the sun. Everything in nature is moving, the ocean, the rivers, right? So if we become stagnant, we're going against the flow or the current. That's why when you fly in an airplane, right? Nobody gets off the plane after six hours and goes, I feel so relaxed. That was so nice just to sit there in a cramped little space for six hours. No, we want movement is key to relaxation, and we forget that we, if we move, we'll have more energy and we'll have more energy, both sides of energy. We'll have more yang energy to get things done. You also have more yin energy to really relax. Because even when you're sleeping, your energy's moving. That's why you're breathing. Right? Energy of the mind, dreams, energy of the body, detoxification. So everything is always moving on some level and we want to keep that qi circulating so these are very good ways to keep your energy healthy and when we talk about health and longevity in china and the ways in which they think about aging is really different because as you age as you get older it's it's something to be revered so in our culture we think of aging just like out to pasture right but We don't get older and develop problems. We get older and we stop moving. If You stop moving, 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, they will develop problems too. Movement is key to health and longevity. So the movement that is key is movement that feels good and that doesn't irritate the body. So you don't have to go play extreme sports, but keeping everything moving is really important. And then your cheese stays in a circulating state, in flow, and the... Side effect of that is health, vitality, and longevity. All right, questions. Anybody have questions? Yes.
0: One of the things I. I stand up? Oh, sure. One of
1: the things I've noticed is that, you know, when I go hiking, I always feel more energized afterwards, and I could never, like, understand why. Right. And it's yes, wondering if... The good observation, right? And, and you're out in nature. Yeah. So your energy, our energy, and nature's energy is synergistic. And you can see it with breathing. Again, when you exhale, what do the trees do? They inhale that carbon dioxide. They take it in. When they do, they give back oxygen. We have a really perfect system where... Our negative is nature's positive. Nature's negative is our positive. So we have this synergistics. When we go out in nature, it's again healing. And some really interesting studies on grounding, walking barefoot on the earth can be very healing. So one Qigong exercise, 30 seconds a day, about all it takes, 30 seconds a minute, bare feet on the earth, not on pavement, on the earth. And it discharges... Um, oxidation and brings in negative ions and if you want more research there's some good scientific research on that but it only takes about 30 seconds and you get a really good healing effect and then forest bathing in out of japan they're doing people are basically just going to the forest and having healing results especially if you go do what we just did some of those exercises in the forest breathing deep you get a a really strong healing response there's some really interesting research on these ancient practices yeah other questions
0: so so Lee I've got yeah. one what's the difference between qigong
1: and tai chi okay well, we've talked about it a little bit so in tai chi this is what we, we did here it was called tai chi opening moving the arms up and down but it's done with feet together and then you do a form so tai chi is done in a form where each movement is going to flow into the next one movement into the next. Also, each movement in Tai Chi has martial application. And I learned that the hard way. Because I asked my Tai Chi teacher, I was like, what does this move do? Because it, like, it just seemed like a random move. So he put his hands on my shoulders. And he was just a little, little guy. And we're in the park in uh, Beijing. And he put his hands on my shoulders. And he just went boof. And all of a sudden, I was way over there by the tree. <laughs> I was like, oh, it felt like a big wave took me and threw me over there. That's why Tai Chi is movement like water. But if you've ever wrestled a wave, usually the wave wins. And so Tai Chi is a martial style. they call it internal martial arts. It's movements that help to cultivate water-like power. So it is a martial arts, but it usually takes about five to 10 years before you're effective at it. So other martial arts, you become more effective earlier, but Tai Chi, because it's an internal art and it's counter to the way we've been taught to move our bodies. It takes some practice to learn how to relax. So Qigong is going to be much more accessible, much simpler to do, because the movements repeat, they become meditative, and you don't have to learn the form or learn martial application. Because nowadays, the, the martial arts fights that we are doing is more mental stress and stress of the world. We're not actually physically combating uh, as much. Right, I don't know about you guys, but most of us aren't in fights all the time. So, mental stress, how to work with worries, uh, mental emotional issues, and physical tension can be more effective for what we're facing in our modern world. Yeah, I'm am sorry, I showed up late. So, if you if oh. you answered this question before, I no problem. For how frequently? Daily. Oh, how frequently do you practice? we practice Yes, it depends on your goal. So like if you want to become a Tai Chi master, then you're going to have to different practice. If you want to just use Qigong practice for better health, more energy, less stress, it's like I would say 20 minutes a day is maintenance mode. And then once a week, do a little bit longer, an hour. If you can, you do an hour a day as ideal. 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the evening, an hour in the morning. Ideally, it's an hour a day, but you can really do under 10 minutes. Like I said, that little mini routine where we're going to just uh, knock on the door of life, spinal cord breathing, and maybe open the flow. That's going to be much better for your energy than if you did nothing, especially over a month, two months, three months. So try to get in a little practice periodically through the day, whether it's just sitting at your desk and doing wave breathing, or if you can get in a full 30 minutes to an hour is ideal. If
0: I discovered by doing yoga for the first time how tiring
1: it actually is. Yeah. But I discovered if I did an hour a day of this, there's a similar kind of... Uh, yeah, it's a similar kind of, the feeling is relaxed but energized. So you're, ah, I'm so relaxed. I feel like I got a good workout, but I feel like I've also been charged up as well. So if people want, I have um, programs on different times. So I have a seven-minute routine. These are a 30-day challenge. You just do seven minutes a day. And I also you could also take class with me because I have an online subscription. So it's easy just to log in on your computer and then just join class. So that makes it easy. And then I have condition-specific, upper back and neck, low back, high blood pressure, all whatever condition that we might find. Is, I've created a routine that somebody could do for that particular condition. So if anybody wants that, um, it's at HoldenQigong.com. Hi, hey, uh, I... Discovered you on YouTube a couple uh-huh. of years ago, and yeah. I
0: watched your 20-minute your routine uh-huh.
1: a couple hundred times. Oh, good. I memorized it. Fantastic. I, I, thank you
0: for confirming that it's great out in the woods. I, I, I've memorized it and do it out in the woods. Oh, good. Right now, in the morning, so wonderful, right? That's great. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on, on doing with your eyes closed mm. or open? Does it make a difference?
1: Um, it makes a difference, but it doesn't make a difference in terms of how much energy you're cultivating. So when you're doing it eyes open, you're more engaged with the external energy. So I like a combination where your eyes are open and then when you start to, especially if you're in a class, when you've learned the movement, then you close the eyes and go inward to make it more meditative and your body will naturally do it. So as you're going through, you'll just naturally find that time where your eyes want to close and feel a little bit more internal meditation. And when the eyes open, it's being present in the external energetic field. So both are good. Yeah. Yeah. So you can just listen to your body and, and do it when it feels comfortable.
0: Yes. I just wanted to know, if I take um, online classes, yeah. how do I know if I'm doing it right or wrong?
1: Oh, oh, that's a good question. I see right through the TV, and then I <laughs> energetically correct you. It's a special Qigong talent that I've developed. You know, right and wrong is really interesting because um, it's flow isn't really about right and wrong. I mean, it definitely helps. Let's think about the river, for example. The way the river meanders down the mountain isn't going to be right or wrong. It's just going to find its natural course. So through relaxation, if you can continue to relax, what is right for your body will manifest. So the goal of the practice isn't to be Necessarily right or wrong. It's about being more and more relaxed and so that energy can circulate. Now, there are Qigong styles that say, need to put your arms like, it. oh, not like that. let's needs to be like that, not like that, like this. So, this would be like the structure of the banks of the river. We call this the earth. It's the banks of the river. So, then we want to, like, oh, here's my body and I want to go like this and I want to go like that and I want to go like this. This is the right posture. No, here, here, here. Right. So, now we create the banks of the river. Then you pour the water into it and then it just becomes flowing. So during class, what I'll do is I'll continue to verbally instruct the right structure. But then really what I do in my particular teaching is to really encourage you to relax into your own flow. And that's where all the benefits come from. So yeah. So then basically a short answer, don't worry about it. Just continue to practice. Your body finds the right structure.
0: So if you're in a situation where you've got really depleted chi, like let's say post-surgery or illness, are yeah. there exercises that you can do to increase?
1: Yes, absolutely. And that's a good point because we get depleted through life. So what's going to deplete our energy? Major stress, illness, uh, working too hard, and being too sedentary. So, and sometimes we do all of that. And one can lead to the other. So all of a sudden, in an energy scale, or if your energy tank is from zero to 10, we find ourselves at one, right? One is going to be really like fatigue, depression, uh, lack of interest in life, and trauma. Trauma is very depleting, right? So now what we want to do is like we did, breathing, the breathing practice, the wave breathing, four times a day, four times a day for about three to five minutes, And the reason that the four times a day is because breath is a pattern. Most of the time, you don't have to think about breathing, right? Thank goodness, because we got other things to do, right? So you plant seeds in your breathing pattern. So four times a day, you go into wave breathing. Then when you're not thinking about it, pretty soon, you're just breathing that way naturally. And that is going to recharge your energy. And if you can, then you do some movements too. So do the... Stress clearing, which is spinal cord breathing, and knocking on the door of life is excellent. Um, And then there's other ways in which we can replenish our energy. I have a a program called More Energy and Vitality, too, which is really good.
0: Lee, I want to uh, take home what I've learned today, and uh, one way I'm going to perhaps do it uh, more accurately is if you will do it very quickly, and I'm going to video.
1: Oh, you are? So I'm going to. Okay. Well, only if you say action. Oh, I'll just come over to your house. Oh, just don't. bring me home with you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what we did today? Okay, knocking on the door of life, spinal cord breathing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, so we did, we did this, right? And we did knocking on the door of life, right? We did spinal cord breathing, inhale, exhale. We did Spreading the Feathers. Oh, sorry. We did Buddha Holds Up the Earth. This one. Then we did this one. That's called uh, Spreading the Feathers as well. Then we did uh, Palm Press out to the side, a continuation of Spreading the Feathers. We go Ear to the Shoulder. Good. Then we did Open the Flow. And that's a nice one to end with. Open the Flow a little Rocking, and this one is all about relaxing. The saying in Qigong do less, accomplish more. So if you're doing less, you're dropping into a natural state. You now, the interesting thing is most things in life you don't have to do. That's nice. You don't have to beat your heart. Some, the Qi is beating your heart. You don't have to digest your breakfast. Something else is doing it. So your voluntary actions can be focused on something else. So if most things in life you don't have to do, that means we can let go and be in a flow with some larger energy source. So relaxing neck and shoulders, relaxing the spine, and then you come down, and you can take a few more breaths to your center. Uh Uh-huh. You're welcome.
0: Any final questions? I just wanted to ask you if there are leg movements in this, these routines. Yeah, leg movements. You, movement. you to want
1: to kick your legs, time. huh? Yeah. <laughs> so there are leg movements for sure, like, you know, exercises for the hips and knees and ankles and okay, kicks yeah. and things like that. Yeah. But they're like uh, a little bit more advanced. So during my classes, you know, as people come, we'll start to integrate. So my classes that are online, I, tr- I think of them as like uh, cross-training each class is a different body part. Sometimes we do it for a season. Sometimes we do it for a particular topic. And so I try to cross-train. Whereas, let's say, a routine, like a DVD, is like a good recipe. Like, oh, Qigong for more energy. And you can repeat it. But classes, then we want to cross-train different parts of our bodies or different meridians. Should yeah. So we, then we would add to, like, we'd take this kind of routine that we just did, we'd add to it, or we'd create a really different routine so that you get different parts of your energy system exercised. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Speaking of classes,
0: yeah. my recollection is you give drop-in classes in Santa Cruz, and for those of us who yeah. occasionally come to Santa
1: Cruz, yeah. could you tell You've us more about Yeah. You've been to class, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not to your class in Santa Cruz, I've studied with you elsewhere. Elsewhere. Okay. Yes. Um, I do. I've, I teach, still teach three classes a week in Santa Cruz. Um, And then in August, actually, in a few weeks, I'm doing a week-long class followed by another week-long class. So two weeks of training. They're called immersion. So one is on a particular style of Qigong, five element, and the next week, three treasures. So if you want to come for a Qi vacation, Santa Cruz, like Robbie did, we go to the beach every morning. We do Qigong with the dolphins. I text them before we come. I'm like, you guys were coming. then the dolphins show up. And we do Qigong all together because they have really good energy. Um, so we have immersions uh, that I do at Santa Cruz, or I also do like on once a month, I do a one, a three hour intensive. So on Sunday, for example, in Santa Cruz, I'll do a three hour. This one is on longevity, Qigong for longevity. And the ones, those three hour ones, I do them live in Santa Cruz, or you can join by just, um, doing it on your computer. So we, we live stream it. So Qigong for longevity on Sunday, if you guys want to come. San Francisco, I do come up occasionally for like a workshop. So usually somebody will host me like, hey, can you come up? I got a group. And then we do it like that. I live in Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Happy to come up to San Francisco, though. Anytime. I love it up here. Yeah. Robbie, thanks so much. Thank you guys for having me. Wonderful energy. Yeah. Thank you.
0: So greetings and welcome to today's meeting of the Commonwealth Club of California, I'm Robert Kilpatrick, co-chair of the club's Health and Medicine member-led forum and the chair of this program. We thank Lee Holden for his comments here today and wonderful demonstration. We also thank our audiences here as well as those listening to the recording. And now, this meeting of the Commonwealth Club of California, commemorating more than 116 years of enlightened discussion, is adjourned.